the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC Vegas 58 Breakdown. Picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. My body's ready, my heart's on fire. Podcast going to be breaking down UFC Vegas 58 is what we're on. Dan Tom over here, uh, analysts you can find over at MMAJunkie.com. But of course, in this year's program, the Protecting Neck Podcast, we break down high level MMA, and that's what we're going to do here tonight, to, uh, today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this. Hopefully, it's for the fight. Recording this, you know, the new new schedule time here on my YouTube channel, Daniel Tom MMA. Hello, what's going on, Mark Fellows, and the rest of you guys piling in. So you hear the Kumite uh, faded out by now from uh, the audio listeners. We, we tend to edit some cool music. So like last week, you got some Austin 316 for episode 316. I actually kind of went with my little uh, outro uh, thing with Liam where I was uh, you know doing drunken stone cold picking up the kids that actually played quite nicely there. So, um, But yeah, if you want to like and subscribe on YouTube, whether you're listening to audio or you're on the YouTube and you're watching this, feel free to just hit that like and, and subscribe if you if you like, if you will. Um, Tapatio Combate, what's going on? Looks like this little chat thing here is working. Just gonna pop over and share, and we'll be uh, we'll be on our way. So again, uh, just me holding it down. So it's a little awkward in the beginning here, my boomer ass. Uh, but uh, I already have everything all queued up and tabbed out. At least getting better. We're getting there, right? Um, and I'll get to your comments in little groups. I'll like peek out, you know, for some cover fire uh, when I need it, and I'll probably just get slandered. But it's all good. That's what <laughs> that's what the internet and MMA Twitter is, uh, you know, mainly all about, for better and worse, for worse mainly. But hey, it's all good. I appreciate you guys here. Y'all the y'all the good ones, right? All right, all right. Live now, breaking down hashtag UFC two fifty eight. Join here, and look at that. It's sent. It's gonna be a more of a short and sweet episode because um. Along with the now, I'm going to be doing scheduled every Thursday evenings, exceptions here and there, sure, but uh, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Um, along with that, I'm going to be doing uh, recap shows either the night of, like I did for this last pay per view, or the Sunday after for pay per views. And for pay per views, I'll be having a guest for one or the other. I didn't get the guest in time, which was good with the technical difficulties I had for the breakdown show, right? So, got you a guest, got at, uh, at Liam. Picks fights, uh, go follow him. Big shout for him, uh, co-hosting. As the rest of you guys pile in here, um, I'll give a uh, I'll give a shout um, as well to uh, hashtag the Gambler's Perspective. Um, it's not on the line; it's a different show, but you can find it on UFC Fight Pass, uh, and it's got uh, it's got specifically uh, not my man. Shout out to Fitz Nation, not Brendan Fitzgerald, but uh, Johnny the Greek Corrales, and uh, as well as uh, my guy over there at Fight Odds, Nick Kalikas, the OG. Um, met met Johnny for the first time, and 
you know, he was a really nice guy, man. And so is Nick. Nick's an OG. This game, I had him on top five uh, bantamweight wars, I believe. That was a fun one, man. That one's still, you know, I don't know actually how well it holds up because bantamweight's fucking awesome and how many, you know, have we had. I probably have a whole new list at that point, but that, it was still a really good episode nonetheless, especially for some historical shouts. Did some music editing in that one, speaking of. But they were kind enough to have me on their show. And it was awesome, man. Really good time. Uh, really fun little segment. I'm going to be able to touch. And I'll probably reference that here because I gave out some plays and some teases for some plays. We'll see where I landed here. That's why hopefully you guys are joining me. But I wanted to give them a shout. So uh, go give them some love and follows if you're not already. And almost you all have fight past descriptions, you know. Uh, I know I'm not the only nerd out here doing tape study. So, uh, yeah, if you type in the Gambler's Perspective, that pops up. My man James Lynch course he's an asset to this space uh one of his many roles as producer uh he can do that quite well as well not just the interviews of course uh, does a kick-ass job on that show also wanted to shout people who support this show here mixedmarshallanalyst.com supports it where you can find uh amazon and on it click throughs not proud of those but I, I i haven't looked in forever because i've been meaning to take them off and i'm like wow people have been using this amazon one um you know so i want to read it off um, I still use Amazon as little as I, I I can, but you know, guilty, right? I'd be hypocritical here. So I want to give you love for supporting me because that's the silver lining, right? Uh, there, as you you, you uh, use the click through, doesn't cost you anything, and uh, you know, get you right back there. Um, Samuel Negrete, what's up, Dan? I see. I pause, kind of like people pause when they say Nikolai uh, Nigamarianu, but I I plowed through that one. What's up, dude? Grateful dude is here. What's going on? Bilal's beak. <laughs> is that Bilal? I love Bilal Muhammad. Oh, hopefully it's not uh, Bilal. And uh, uh, but uh, hey, you you hear about UFC planning to uh, planning on doing Charles dirty? Um, yeah, I, I think we could guess that I, because if you look at like their negotiation tactics with even like when with the air quotes baddest man on the planet, even when that air quote title is filled with a literal baddest man on the planet, we've seen them still pass uh, this 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 model that I complain about. This is another reason it, it denies fighter leverage. It's not just for like the very, very small section of nerds like me who have nothing better to do with our time it's our jobs here to uh to break it down no 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 that's the least people you should you should worry about it's actually the fighters the ones who it, the schedule kind of really hurts in that regard the schedule becomes the boss um if so facto you know say what you will about um dana and the fertita era uh it was more las vegas casino like so for better or worse they could still make their own decisions at this point. It's like I don't even know how much good they could do if they wanted to do. They got a they got a schedule to keep, uh, but it sucks for sure. Um, Bilal's beak also says Liam is a quality guest. Yes, he is. Dan Urban made it. Shout outs to Dan Urban. Shout out to Couchside Judges, where Dan actually co-hosts with my guy Scott Fontana, who's been on the show. We'll get Dan on this show too, because Dan could talk everything from judges, gambling, jujitsu, or whatever. Uh, Dan's the man. Shouts to Dan. What up? Hell yeah! I got the night off for once. Thanks for the Turner by sub look last week. N no problem. I'm glad when they hit again. We can't promise it uh, to hit all the time, but. When a guy is self-deprecating and as non-confident as me gets confident, you know, it, it, it does mean it doesn't mean it's gonna cash because it's a crazy sport, but it does mean something in regards to my analysis and confidence, especially when you have such a big number like plus seven hundred. Um, you know, me, I'm, I'm pretty conservative, man. Like, uh, usually, I'm not throwing half a units on stuff that high. I'm sprinkling 
and uh, again the half unit as well putting my money where my mouth is so hopefully that helps but again I can lead you wrong on those weeks too right I've led myself wrong a plenty that's the game though um, we'll talk about the plays this week but if we take those big shots enough you know uh, not to wave the long-term flag because you can you know kind of cut and paste that over a bunch of bad weeks and all be it true um, I definitely don't want to crutch that so I want to couch uh, set a caveat there but yes it's very true at the same time anybody who says that is not lying and um, it's been, you know, part of, a, you know, value boys, as you guys call it on the internet, value Victorian, uh, as we, we, we anointed here, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, man, there's something to that. I ain't hating. I ain't hating. Um, Mark Fellows, good to see Dan wearing green and gold in support of us. In fact, in Malaki, man, you know, you know, I must be super popular with the Australian fans right now because, like, I've been backing Australians like crazy and they've been doing good. I don't know if it's like, it kind of surprises me because like I'm still come from the old holdover days where it was just like, who you guys got over there, Elvis Sinisek? Uh, you might want to go look that up, kids. You newer fans out there, but like, no man, you you know, it, you, you can you know if you want to try to be you know uh, funny and borderline racist about it. Uh, you know, I, I've been I've been yeah you know, I've been guilty of uh, you know uh, stereotyping uh, MMA from countries before and it costs you in the wallet right but uh, no in seriousness it's harder it's, it's harder to do that not that you should be stereotyping anything in life but you know what I'm saying you can't you know I, I, I remember you know like you know, you know we had South Africa came through right uh, last week that was another one people used to joke about like oh what Ruan Potts and now we got uh, I forgot to give my nickname especially if he you know if he says any uh, kind of suspect things but uh, Drykus du Duplessis I, I, I got a new nickname for him uh, Third Rikus Duplessis there you know uh, but no you know you can't <laughs> Jesus, speaking of Dan, stereotyping people, calling them racist and shit, uh, stereotyping countries along with that. Uh, guilty, sorry. I'm just saying, you, you got to be careful about that from a betting perspective. But Australia has been uh, super hot lately. Um, and uh, and we'll definitely get to that. All right, I want to get back here as you guys are piling in. I appreciate you guys joining me. Uh, feel free to share, like, subscribe. Uh, again, going to be a, a quicker a quicker episode. Um, just going to finish these shouts. Uh do a couple of those Amazon reads that I just promised to pay off, and then we'll be at the breakdown. Because again, like, dude, we cut off half the show already. So uh, you know, which is like a recap usually, and Dan ranting about something. Uh, but uh, real quick, um, on mixedmartialanalyst.com, this is my website, uh, the site that supports here this show. Um, you can also uh, you can find there uh, when you toggle to the right for the uh, uh, Amazon click throughs. Um, you, uh, you, there's a secure PayPal link there. Um, if you, for those who want to support the show, I know, I know, I got to do Patreon. Everybody's getting on me about that. Uh, even just to do it in like, you know, not charge. Uh, I'll probably, I'd probably do it like Kaposa, um, uh, where you know he just puts it up and doesn't say anything to anybody, and he's just a fucking mensch. He's just a gem, right? Um, support him, by the way. Uh, but, you know, I also know how that is because once I get the Patreon, it's like, you know, it's like, and again, not, not stereotyping and nothing wrong with sex work, but it's like the girl, you know, getting the cocktail waitressing job uh, when you, you get the girlfriend that gets a cocktail waitressing job at the strip club. I right? say, so I'm not dancing, honey. I'm just cocktailing. We know what that leads to. We know. It's like giving your back. Uh, no, <laughs> Jesus. But you know what I'm saying? So, uh, but if, if for people that do genuinely ask and, and, and whatnot and feeling so kind, feel free. Uh, it's in my link tree as well, at DanTomMMA on Twitter. That's the social place I'm most active on. At the PYM Podcast while you're there. At the PYM Podcast, in fact, on all social platforms. If you don't mind, 
give it a like, a follow, a subscribe, a, a circle, maybe not that. Uh, it's not on any of those kind of platforms anyways. But the point is I won't pollute your feed um, if you subscribe and, and, and like my stuff because these numbers matter. Having a lot of conversations still in the talks. Um, and man, do I just feel like, you know, like um, uh, some small dick energy when it's time to, you know, whip out pod podcast numbers, you know. I'm not... I'm just like, I was like caught with my pants down there, you know, a gun with empty bullets, if you will. Um, no, I've got actually quality listener base, but uh, I am trying to grow it though. So grateful for those of you that are here. But you know, we're trying to grow this thing. We're trying to we're trying to extend the listenership. There we go. There's some sponsorship. There's all this dick pill sponsorship, right? Like let's let's just go protect your neck podcast. Why not? Let's let's do it. You know, uh, it's it's a young demographic, but they'll get there. Companies, dick companies, they'll get there. Trust me. Wait, trust me, I'm thirty fucking. Anyways, the point is, I'll take the money. I'll take, I'll, I'll take the uh, dick pill money all day. Um, it's funny, I, I say that, and then I'm like reluctant to do manscape ads. So I'm like, people really want to hear about like, uh, they get that with every MMA podcast, you know, and they get enough dick talk here. Do they really need me to spout on more about it? Yeah, move on, Dan. All right. Um, uh, who hit the PayPal link? Brian J three and David P. Probably never again after I just put everybody through the, all all those promotionals. But uh, I wanted to thank you guys um, and uh, the most recent uh, donators. Uh, much appreciated. Hopefully I'm helping you guys because uh, fucking hell, that's super generous of anybody to even donate a, a dollar, much less the donations y'all are kind enough to give. Uh, Amazon reads if you click through there uh, real quick. We'll just do a quick read through. Someone bought a sorry. Zodiac MX6 automatic suction side pool vacuum cleaner. That is that is pretty serious. Uh, that, it wasn't cheap either. So thank you, whoever bought that. It reminded me of like a Chuck Palahniuk story, like that published and um, I think it was Playboy, but I went to a reading and it was a real funny story. One of his shorts about a uh, about a pool cleaner gone awry. Somebody bought a. C-I-V-I Odium Small Damascus Folding Knife. That looks like something uh, like when Bob Ross on Family Guy says, if you don't draw that little lollipop tree, I'll cut you. Uh, it looks like something Bob Ross would be carrying in his pocket to cut children who don't paint right. Damn, Bob Ross never did that. He could have. He could have. Um, someone bought a Electric Smart Urban Spice Grinder. By O T T O, Banana Bros. Thank you for that. I appreciate you guys buying. That actually, is not that is not. Wow, that's a real serious. Okay, you're either for the price this costs, you're actually legit a chef, uh, or you're just you know really into grinding your weed. Either way, like why am I hating and making fun of you? Thank you for clicking through. Um, <laughs> somebody bought. Um, oh wow. Uh, which oh, okay is still I mean it's a box set season three uh, I'm guessing you have one and two maybe you're working your way to four if you want to use my click through thank you for buying season three of Dragon Ball Z uh, Dragon Ball Zeta um, yeah man I, I, I watch me some Dragon Ball Z I'm actually you know for a nerd and like a, a dude who's you know if you want to get into the racial stereotyping you know ha uh, half uh, Asian Asian dude. Not much on the anime for Dan Tom, but I did do me some Dragon Ball Z, man. Love me some Vegeta, some Kurillin. Destructo Disc, baby. It's the most powerful attack. Um, that's I don't know how many seasons I got through. I think I got to the Frieza final form thing. 
and then um, I didn't stick around for the Android 18s and all that fun shit. But thank you, fellow Dragon Ball Z fan who uh, likes that. Uh, somebody got a Shurion three-year portable electric accident protection plan. Thank you. I don't know if you got that with your Skull Candy Crusher Evo wireless ear headphones. Those weren't cheap either. Skull Candy. I think I used to have a pair of those. I may still. I hope I do because mine probably weren't cheap either. So thank you uh, for clicking through there. Um, let's see what else. Somebody got a mag where is it magnetic magnetic camping utensils well then if you read the description portable and reusable travel flatware ah yes me me and my my camping i have all these tools and stuff to uh and fun stuff to set up in the back of my rig and uh, i still haven't yet i just can't i haven't like washed my car myself like i just do the cheap drive-thru wash because i haven't been able to like i have all the stuff to do it I like doing it. It's like therapy for me, but I've been so busy. You can't watch tape when you're washing your car, so I just tend to never do it. Um, wow, wow. How did you get from camping stuff to your car, Dan? Does it always have to be about you? Shut up. Uh, somebody bought <laughs> Secrets of Dumbledore. <laughs> oh, what kind of secrets are we... Uh, I mean, is uh, he always kind of gave me some Sandusky vibes, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? Dumbledore, you know, he's running, he's running a top team. You know, people they don't look the other way. They just see their, you know, they just the money keeps reeling in. Their kid comes back a magician. That's all that matters. Who knows what Dumbledore is doing? No one's asking questions. What's it rated? Okay, maybe it's not the version that I'm thinking of. Okay, it's probably not because yes, Daniels make a perverted twist and everything. Yes, I know. I can't help it. This is why my girlfriend will not watch things she really cares about around me. Because boy, will I ruin it. Um. And everything, everywhere, all at once, that's already out? I, I feel like that was just, was that like a straight to release? Um, I forget, like, speaking of my girl, she started like, watching like Umbrella Academy or whatever, and I was like, what? Superhero thing with a multiverse theme? We don't, that is, there's not enough of that. Uh, and then, yeah, that's what I did. But, uh, for, I will make some room uh, in my multiverse tolerance for uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Um gotta check that out okay uh before we move on i'll just uh, clean up the chat and we'll get to the breakdown from top to bottom everybody should be in by now so let's go um what's wrong with using amazon i a lot of people can explain it better than me uh i just want them to take better care of their workers and um then there's the whole economics and what it does to you know smaller businesses what it's done during the pandemic as far as scamming and, and lackluster job of maintaining their own things for price gouging so forth scammers uh, just a bunch of stuff and nothing wrong with it I just much support to the people who work there and I hope they are getting their proper support I'll just say that and leave it at that we can all agree on that right that's not controversial um, and again I use it too so I'm not not hating on anybody for using it I'd be a hypocrite um, you know, if I was like literally hating on anybody for it, uh, just saying, you know, a way you can use it conscious free. Dan Urban with a smile, but Jamie is misspelled. <laughs> and yes, Bilal Muhammad's beak. Oh, come on, I like the big nose. Brad Tashchuk, can't believe I was an idiot last week and, fl and faded Glo uh, Glover's Garage. Um, yeah, Glover's Garage, that's the shirt, by the way. That's what I was leading to with the uh, thing. Uh, shout out to. Uh, he wants to make it publicly now. No, because he, he gave it to Glover in the interview. Aaron Bronstetter. I didn't want to bust this out until he gave it to Glover. And then when everybody was accusing Petra Munoz of uh, getting not getting his eye poked, 
um, when he was taking the selfie with Glover. What was Glover wearing, folks? Go back to that. I know Pedro was wearing his 90s uh, Nirvana. He just needed the chain wallet, right? Maybe some Converse is on. But uh, no, Glover was wearing this shirt, baby. It's from Aaron Bronstetter. See, it says Glover's Garage. Isn't that awesome? Doesn't that look Danbury, Connecticut? You know? Piss off the Brazilians, even though it's in Brazilian color. Um, but yeah, Glover, man. And uh, maybe a hint to one, maybe multiple picks. Uh, you know, there tends to, there tends to, you know, we want to stereotype countries. There tends to be some, uh, tends to be some value here. Maybe a little overinflation in the, how does it go for the Russian flag? Was it white, blue, and red or something like that? Ah, uh, um, you know, and uh, what, what what tends to be the mar the blemish, you know, on these uh, Russians as we're getting to the breakdown here, you look at Islam Makachev, you know, flavor of the month. Uh, not an undefeated record, but who does aside from Khabib? But he's only got one loss, and who was that? It wasn't even a, you know, the, the guys we're going to talk about. It was Adriano Martins, you know, but these these Brazilian war horses, they're sleepers. They're, they're the only ones that'll take these fights that are over in Russia half the time, and and uh, that furthers the image of, you know, they're bringing them in to lose. But, baby, when they're in the garage, you got to watch out. So we'll get to that. Um, combat, oh, chronic combat conversations, my guys. Made it live today. Good to see you guys. Uh, Tyler and Greg. Tyler Berman also in the chat. Jalen, Jalen Turner sub, baby. You know what's up. Um, what up? I'll make my purchase after you're done with these reads. Insane. You can see what gets bought. I can see what gets bought, by the way, but I can't see who's buying it. So if you want to, you know, if you want to buy an Ultra Vibration Max 3000, buy a Karate Gi, maybe a little rope that's gentle on the neck. You can do your little David Carradine impression. Go to town. I will read the product and pontificate it. And even if you're not using it for those things, I will put it together and make it sound like you did. But I will not know who you, in fact, the the proverbial, the real, the whatever you, the you, I won't know who you are, so, my way. All right, um, Fight Night Picks, oh, is, is that my guy, uh, Craig Allen? Dan, first time, long time, if that's Craig Allen, go go check out and sub Fight Night Picks, that guy kills it, I've, been, I've, I've done podcasts with that guy since back in the day, I gotta get him on here too, if that's the same guy. Um, all right. Hey, Alvin, Yaki, Alvin Yakitori. Hello, Mr. Tom. Hope you're having a great day. I appreciate all your, I appreciate you. You want a, a positive dude. It's, it's Mr. Alvin Yakitori over there and Jimmy Kudo. Hey, Dan, what do you think of Izzy's comment that media can't do his job, but he can do the media's? Yeah, that was unfair. That's just Izzy kind of doing Izzy. Th I mean, if you thought the chip was, uh, you know, like I complain on the chip on his shoulder when he beat Whitaker, like just because like, not because he, he beat Whitaker and I pick Whitaker and I like Whitaker. I like Adesanya too. Uh, I barely picked against Adesanya, uh, except maybe when he's fought Whitaker, right? Um, reluctantly that last time. Um, and I scored it for Adesanya, but it was just like, you know, like he's getting the belt on him for the first time and he's like, oh, you say I got no knockout power. And it's just like, he just like, dude, just, just relax. Izzy, you're the fucking man, bro. Like, just enjoy it. Fucking enjoy it, and you know you say some cool things, and and then, you know I don't know, man. I'm not gonna go in like an Izzy Izzy diatribe. He's gotten enough shit that's like unjust. You know what I'm saying? But like, m just my thing is, I just I, I know it's gonna happen now because he's getting all this shit that he's gonna go out and win or lose, he's just gonna be talking shit to the media, talking shit to the critics, talking shit to everybody. Not even enjoying his moment if he goes out and avenges his loss and knocks out Alex Pereira. So I. You know, it's just, it's just going to be the same thing. It's like, dude, just enjoy. You, you deserved it. Enjoy it. You know, my, my favorite from Dust Till Dawn, right? Seth, you've won. Enjoy it. Um, so that's my thought on that. Um, yeah, I'll be sure to leave you a note. 
<laughs> so you know the rope and karate geese <laughs> were my purchases. I bet they'd be yours, Brad, but I ain't judging my man. All right, what time are we at here? All right, 22.58, a little longer, but I was taking my time and having fun there with the reads. So, uh, And you know what? I like only uh, full, full disclosure. As I'm kind of tend to doing, I'm kind of targeting. Um, I probably only have a tape study on about half the card, but I'll be full disclosure on those, and I pretty much got to everything that I'm considering playing. Maybe stuff comes up. You guys know I'll always be fully transparent and post those. Working on a better way to track them. Um, I'm going to start it this year, and even though uh, I don't think I'm just going to wait for the next year clean. Uh, but yeah, all that stuff is in the works. So let's get to uh, UFC on ESPN 38 or 39, UFC Vegas 58, uh, UFC Fight Night. Rafael Dos Anjos, Rafael Fazeev. Fazeev minus 210, uh, Dos Anjos uh, plus 180. Time of this recording, uh, my my main event breakdown uh, dropped at MMAJunkie.com. Uh, my main event take. Um, which has not changed, uh, dropped uh, already on uh, the gambler's perspective on UFC Fight Pass. So some of you may already know this, but yes, yes, I know. What? Dan Tom's on the Southpaw, Brazilian, veteran, uh, underdog? I know, crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm on RDA here. I took him last time, and again, you guys should know this as listeners here, Um Moicano stepped in last minute, but I actually had RDA and was bummed because it was a five-rounder, right? Then two, uh, and it was in the big cage I picked him. Why wouldn't I pick him in the small cage? And when, even though the number is not quite there as we got, um, I'm hoping it will knock on wood. We get uh, RDA to two-to-one odds, but it opened at an even wider number. Um, and, you know, I, time's on Fazeev's side, so the longer this goes, the more... Um, the more Chance, uh, you know, uh, the fruit that is RDA finally goes sour and falls off the tree, right? We've been seeing a lot of that lately. It was, it was a bad night for the vets like three cards ago or so, whenever that Tim Means card, uh, Tim Means-Kevin Holland fight was on. Um, we've seen a lot of fighters from Joanna, Cowboy, Jessica I, um, just kind of call it quits, right? Um I, I completely get it. I know they flashed the stat. Shouts to my guy, uh, Jerry Harper, on Twitter. Asked me about it. Something about like 65% roughly. Um, the younger fighter wins. So it's like, well, should, you know, he's like, well, should, should we... Should, we don't need tape study at that point. I just bet the younger guy. And that's the trend that I always talk about. And, you know, my hipster ass and contrarian ass rails against it. But it's it's like you got to pick your spots. There's no easy fix for anything. For formulas, methods... Um, for, for, for betting, picking the fights, uh, getting ready for the fights, uh, judging the fights, right? Refer, you know, all these, all these things, the, the best requires reps. There's no excuse for hard work. Some people can kind of make those excuses. We call those the athletic cheaters of the world, right? But, um, hey, I might be betting on some in this card, not hating. I'm just saying, you know, um, you got to be careful because if you go blind betting that, well, you know, a lot of the times uh, the books and the market is, are going to be on your side too. So, does that mean you end up on chalk most of the time? And if you're on chalk most of the time, or if you're blind betting chalk, for example, well, shoot, you really, or you know, or, you know, uh, you really got to, you know, hit what something like eighty something percent of your picks. You know, using 
uh, arbitrary variables, you know, as far as your favorite lines. But any way you cut it, you got to be hitting pretty high there. Um, and if you're going to be going with the younger guy, well, long term, you're probably going to be going with more favorites and more chalk too. So not only are you risking blind uh, for an easy formula, but you're risking blind on a lot of hype, hype chalk trains. And that's a good way to lose some money in MMA too, if you do that too much, right? So... It's like everything, man. You got to pick your spots. Interesting stat, sure, but what's I want to know what the sample size from this stat. How many years? You know, just this year, just recent years, just UFC. You know, uh, which just UFC is fine. It's mainly what we do. It's mainly what I do. It's the main sample size, for better or worse. For however we want to agree or disagree with that, it's what it is uh, by volume and by brand and value. So, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I do like Dos Anjos here. And not even so much for the southpaw striking. You know, I think Fazeev said it himself. Most of his uh, competition at MMA has been southpaws. But most of the competition that he's talking about was outside the UFC because he is 1-1 one one against UFC-level southpaws. That's what matters. That's the stats that I track, right? UFC-level. I always make sure to throw that in there. If it's Bellator, I'll put Bellator or Notable. I'll use that language. But that's kind of how I'm going off of, right? Um, and he's one and one. And granted, the one victory, it was against Alex White. No, no offense against Alex White. Shout out to uh, uh, John Gooden. Love his love his commentary. But he, you know that Fazeev White fight where he's. I posted that clip where he's just like, he swallowed gasoline when he was full. Doctors thought he would suffer irreparable damage, both neurologically and physically. But here he is, living his dream. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. As somebody who has neurological permanent damage myself, okay? Not something to laugh at, but goddamn, was that just unintentional humor sometimes the funniest? And that was kind of it for me. Um, but, you know, that was his one That was his one victory, you know, not the most high-level guy. Uh, and no offense to Alex White. He, 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 if you ever hear him talk, he sounds like he sounds like uh, Billy Bob Thornton from Sling Blade. I definitely don't need him waiting outside my door. Um and then the one loss was to, uh, you know, uh, Javier Bardem, you know, uh, Anton Chigurh from No Country for Old Men, Magomed Mustafaev, who actually will switch stances even though he lists himself as southpaw, and he fought most of that stand, uh, fight, as short as it was, um, and knocked out Fazeev with a spin kick out of orthodox, so it's like, how much do you really want to count that? So again, as much as I champion my stats and hate on others, like, the same principle still applies for my stats as far as stats in general with MMA being garbage, right? Um, look at last week. Uh, Brad Riddell was 2-0 against Southpaws, but one of my most confident pick was him was a Southpaw to club and sub him that he was facing, right? Uh, I think that was the case with Brian Barbarina. Uh, negative record against Southpaws, right? Negative experience. But but the guys that I ended up picking actually went against those Southpaw stats uh, more often than not, right? Uh, minus guys like Cerrone who just had epic losing streaks already, so that really wasn't a surprise, right? Uh, but, uh, but again, so I'm... I, I keep that same energy in my defense, right? Um, I'll throw out the hipster stats, but I'm not, like, jerking all over them and running to the bank with it, you know, biasly. Like, I'll still apply the same logic that I throw out to other stats on my own. So make no mistake, I'm not I'm not putting myself up, and I'm not putting actual statisticians like the Richard Manns of the world, like, good dudes like that down, like, who actually do legit numbers work. Um so for whatever that's worth, I keep the same energy. So no, it's not even so much the striking. Um, Fazeev, that's where his obvious big advantage is going to be. Uh, he doesn't throw a lot of uppercuts, but I suspect he'll want to because Dos Anjos from Jeremy Stevens to Eddie Alvarez. Um, 
to even some of his more recent fights. I think Felder hit him with a good uppercut. Uh, Moicano hit him with a good uppercut. Um, uppercuts, you know, it's the, you know, again, another guy similar to Volkanovsky's height. Uh, you know, a guy that can stick and move and counter, but, but uh, inherently maybe does his best work pressuring. Volkanovsky can and has played all those hats through different iterations of his career. Um, but as good as these guys are, uppercuts are like something that just follow them, right? Because of their stature and and uh, you know just the natural tendencies to to, to duck, slip, and, and bomb from below as they kind of are accustomed to doing. Um, but what I do like is Dos Anjos's takedown games. You know his wrestling and his jujitsu really stepped up when he went to welterweight, and you wouldn't think it would because of the size difference. You know he I think he went from five seven to five eight. Then they made him like 5'9 for his fight with Tarek Safadine. I think they eventually brought him back down to 5'8 again. But the ever-changing heights of, of RDA, right? Um, but yeah, like he, he really had that trend. And even against these bigger guys that are taller and bigger and stronger, like RDA comports himself quite well in the clinch. Like he's got a really strong posture. He's hard to get down. Um, and uh, he, he fires off, he frames off uh, elbows and knees quite nicely. That being said, um, Fiziev has really consistent. He's really good in the clinch as well. Obviously, he's a Muay Thai guy. And he's really consistent about doing that Leon Edwards left elbow. So if Fiziev, uh is able to, and I actually suspect him to defend early. Um, Dos Anjos could also get a takedown early. Maybe even his first try, right? But as a guy who's coming in, picking and and, and betting on Dos Anjos, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, I would not be surprised for Fiziev to shut down a, a couple attempts early. And whether he's able to shut down one attempt to uh, and sustain it or not, look for those elbows off the break. Uh, Fiziev could very well punish um, Dos Anjos, similar to the way Leon Edwards did in that regard. But the uppercut and hook returns are what I see potentially knocking Dos Anjos out in the first two rounds. I know Fiziev um, kind of broke trend and, and actually got a finish in the third round in his last fight, but that fight was not the most torrid pace. As it is when you have two former trading partners, you're you're touching, you're feeling each other out. It was, it was high level, it was technical. It had very big moments besides the one at the end. It had big moments throughout. But as far as a torrid pace, a Dos Anjos level pace, no. I mean, uh, Riddell was off the back foot even, right? Um, he's not the same wrestler. And even he, even him with his um, you know plan B, plan C, uh, half-hearted kind of takedowns that are just for transition and resets kind of almost, right? Um, even he was able to uh, take down, not meaningfully. Granted, he's not RDA, uh, but he, even he was able to to take down uh, Fazeev, right? And I think just making that defense and that pace that's that that's what's going to tire Fazeev. And I don't think I'm crazy for saying that because shouts to James Lynch and in his interview with James Lynch. Uh, you know who else uh, said they're worried about uh, Fazeev in the later rounds? Fazeev said he's worried about himself in the later rounds. Uh, he's not even doing the fighter thing like, ah, da 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 He's like, no, like, it'd be a good test if it gets there, and da-da-da-da. You know, you know it's on the back of his mind. This is his first time in those five rounds. The small cage is only going to bring about more clinch stuff, which, again, Fazeev good in the clinch, but that's going to be RDA. RDA, um, you know, will be able to push to the clinch, corral. He can get clinch trip takedowns. Um, he's gotten a couple in his last fights. Got him one against Big Paul Felder. I know Felder and Moicano took those fights last minute, so you can almost throw those out in a way. 
But at the same time, well, let's look at Dos Anjos. Dos Anjos still got clipped uh, at times by those guys, took him well. So the cut isn't, you know, whatever he figured out with the cut, it's not compromising his chin and performance like his did, like he did toward the end of his run against Ferguson at elevation with a cut that almost killed him, as well as a cut that almost killed him against Alvarez. And I'm not taking anything away. I love Eddie Alvarez. I bet on Eddie Alvarez and cash big on that fight. Believe me, not taking away. But, you know, you also can't take away that, that those cut, those really bad, horrific cuts did exist. So what I was looking more in those Moicano and Felder fights was how's his durability? Good. His gas tank? Always fucking good. Never in question, which is a huge advantage that he has here. And how is that wrestling and grappling trend? Well, he stepped it up. He steps it up for he steps it up way back in the day. He's just a, just a jiu-jitsu guy. Gets uh, out-grappled by T-Bow. Um, you know, the guy who beat Khabib. Um, and uh, ever since then, RDA, he just ramps up his wrestling, right? Uh, and then he gets out-wrestled by Khabib, right? He, he gets probably, in my opinion, probably one of Khabib's arguably most impressive wins um, at the time. It's a, a, a lot of things. I mean, it's, it still ages well, but even at the time, right? Because RDA was on, on a come-up. Um, and uh, he does that welterweight run, and he really focuses on the... Uh, luckily doesn't run into any wrestler that level or Khabib again and his kind of switch over to the States with Kings MMA Cordero pressure fighting Muay Thai really kind of just gives him a motor goes gets the title um, when he goes back to welterweight um, yeah he ups the wrestling and grappling like I said and again looking back at those last two lightweight trends he takes those trends still he's still grappling his ass off some of which in the very small cage he'll be fighting in he knew how to use that small cage. It really helped his game. Um, it didn't when he fought guys like Usman, obviously, right? Um, and that's kind of been the thing. You really have to be out. You know, you have to be either you're going to catch RDA like Jeremy Stevens did, um, or you really got to be a, a big wrestler, right? And RDA is 14. And, you know, again, stats. Here's a stat that I, I think is really good, you know. Um, 14 and 3 RDA is, you know, especially when you have a big sample size as RDA. These stats mean more, by the way. Uh, but this style of stat, especially attached to a person with an actual sample size, uh, I, I, I think it means a lot. Does it mean he's going to win? Of course not. No stats mean that. None of us can guarantee that in MMA. But 14-3 and three when the man scores just one takedown. Just one. Those three that, well, who are the three losses, I believe? Tyler or Greg from uh, Chronic Combat Conversation. Shout to those guys asked me. And I said, well, the first one was Colby, which he has an argument on winning that fight. At the very least, he did way better than than most people, including myself at the time, gave him credit for initially. Especially when you're looking at the judging criteria change up as far as the uh, damage and impact, you know, being prioritized as you, if you will, right? So uh, there's that. The second one was Clay Guida, like way back in the day, and that one ended by a freak injury, a jaw injury, right? Um, and then the third, well, that was his UFC debut, Jeremy Stevens. He takes him down four times. Uh, but gets uppercutted to to hell in the third round, right? Just gets decapitated. My God, that man's got a family. Uh, but like, aside from those three times, like those are the three times where he's gotten a takedown and still lost. You know, can he get a takedown if he's even still lose? Sure, man. Sure, that absolutely can happen. But again, you're gonna give me a nicer number, at least in the opener, and possibly we'll get back to the same same spot. You know, a nice wide number again. Um, and you're gonna put it in the small cage, that's gonna favor the grappling. That's gonna that's gonna increase the pace, the anxiety, the pressure, and and those things are all gonna be in a symbiotic relationship with each other. Um, and, and the favorite is is, is unproven and is flagged in three round fights. Like, I, I can't help but take a shot here. I haven't yet. Um, 
it's went up from like 170 to 180 since I since I you know in the last 24 hours or so since I did the uh, show on UFC Fight Pass Gambler's Perspective. Uh, I want two to one or close to it, and I'm probably gonna lay uh, at least a half unit, no more than two. Depends what number I get. Um, if I can't get any more than 180, maybe it's like one point you know three five or something or 1.75 or something like that. Um, but maybe just a half a unit and a half of 1.5. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's going to be the money line. But what I already did play was um, Dos Anjos round three plus 2,800.17 units. By the way, somebody uh, can someone edit me a GIF of, like, someone loading a gun and each bullet says, like, .17U just so I can post that when you know the fucking round props are coming? That's pretty fun, right? Come on. Um, but uh, round four uh, plus 3,300. Round five priced the same way, plus 3,300. Of course, that's .17U. 0.17 U, 17 ducats on each of those. Uh, you don't got to lay a little to get a big return. And, you know, I did it in one house. Uh, that lets me combine it because you have to because their numbers sometimes aren't even as good as, like, the straight-up round props. I'm going to add some more books. This, 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 But feel free to hit me with books that you guys recommend for U.S., North America uh, that, I can get, that, I, that I can get to. Feel free in the chat or in the comments. Daniel, Tom, MMA. I uh, took round three sub plus 2,500.17 U. Uh, sub round four plus 3,300.17 U. Sub round five plus 4,000.17 U. Um, he could win by decision. So if he wins by decision, I figure it's, you know, uh, cuts the profit down uh, uh, a little bit. Uh, a little bit, but if he wins inside the distance, uh, it's a nice night. And uh, even if the rest of it fails, it'll cover all. We, we, we might be able to still profit there. Um, so that's the idea. Still haven't played RDA yet, but I, I'm going to. Uh, I don't want any less than this 180. I want to get hopefully two to one. Hopefully everybody just sees Young Fighter and, you know, they, they see the V at the end. Oh, is he Russian? You know, and they, they start freaking out. Um, but again, what... What, what tends to be the foil for a lot of these Russians, these random Brazilians, baby, these random Brazilians will uh, will sometimes ice the uh, the Eastern Euros and the uh, the hyped Eastern Euros and Russians. Nothing against those, by the way, by the way. You're fucking tough-ass people, man. Uh, all the respect. Um, but, yeah, that's that's who I got. All right, before we get to the co-main event, I just want to check this out. <laughs> um, let's see what's going on in this this Shia show. Uh, all right, da da da, da. Esther Liu, hi Dan, I was at UFC 275 and saw the atmosphere for Whaley Joanna. What were your thoughts on Whaley's performance, especially her wrestling? Uh, her wrestling's getting a lot better. Um, well, a lot better. Uh, really li really liking actually the trends from her wrestling. It's going to fit her game really well because she was already a talented and strong uh, brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And even though her striking is crazy, obviously, um, it's not like she can't be hurt and or knocked out and or suspect to take damage there still. So I think it's great great Esther uh, a really good development that shouldn't be overlooked I know we're wooing on the knockout but smart on you to pick up the wrestling Samuel Negrete nice RDA five rounds too yeah I like that too uh, Jimmy Kudo 598 uh, in your opinion can RDA pressure physique and ring cut um, yes it's just can he not get countered right RDA actually has really good ring cutting and his his footwork and particularly his head movement have only gotten better since his stint with Perillo. I know he spent the last camp or two in Brazil, now with Nova and Yao, but it's not like a lot of those guys don't have good head movement. I know he's working with Johnny Arwardo and a lot of the, the coaches down there. And, again, in his most recent fights, that was something I wrote, actually. Um, RDA's wrestling and head movement and exchanges look good. And, again, 
if we're looking at an older fighter with a grappling base, um, what what happens, especially with the wrestlers, they get away from their wrestling, right? And not because they fall in love with their hands, but what's my other canary in the coal mine? Knees and back, wear and tear, right? Dos Anjos is still doing level-changing shots, arguably the best of his career right now. Um, again, he can still get clocked with Fazeev. Fazeev is the rightful favorite. I don't disagree with any of these things, folks. So if you're a Fazeev backer, go 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 take the plus 240 uh, inside the distance. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, don't 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 listen to me. But at the same time, um, again, another thing I want to look at: an older fighter. How are their eyes and exchanges? Are they seeing shots? And when Dos Anjos is showing some of the best head movement in his career and he's actually technically not working with a noted the noted boxing coach he was before and he's still showing those improvements still showing to retain those trends that's good that's good again does a guarantee he's gonna win he can go out and get ice and then i'm down you know um just under two units or right around two units is what i'm planning to spend on this fight for rda backing right so could easily fall on my face here but you're gonna give me the shot to either profit a unit conservatively or have a big night that makes up for the rest of it and still profits I'm going to take that a shot, especially with the proven product and, and the plus money side. Um, Chris London. Hey, London. What's up, Dan? Uh, Alvin Yakutori wishing all those fighting on this weekend's card a good performance and good health after. Yeah, important good health after. Boy, uh, the wear and tear that even my schlubby butt is putting on my body. I'm not even doing two days yet. I just signed up, and of course, I'm getting injured all the hell and having a bunch of it's been kind of a crazy shit show week like I'm all hung over, you know not literally hung over but kind of have a hangover going from last week this is part of the program where about everybody's all ra about racking up injuries I'm rocking knee pads bandages um always having to wrestle with the with the big guys to give them give them good work and uh people not trimming their nails just slicing up my legs and just trying to get to me and then my knees are skinned up shooting on these kids um we were sparring on Monday, and it was like hard to the body, light to the head, and wrestling takedowns with big gloves. And everybody was going hard to the head and forgetting about the body. And I'm just like, I don't want to teach the lesson with head trauma. So you know what? We're ele elevator down on everybody today. I was fucking wrestling my ass off, baby. And I think I, I think by by the end of this thing, I may if I don't injure myself, knock wood. Dude, I think my wrestling might actually be better at this fucking age than it was. And wrestling was a it was always my weak suit, so it's not a high bar to clear. But I think my wrestling is going to be better now, which is crazier to say. Like, even my shots, like athletic stuff. But as long as RDA is still doing the shots, forget my ass. I'm a, I'm a poser here in the Brazilian college. We need the real Brazilians to uh, have their shots in order this weekend, right? But, yes, good on Alvin to shout out fighter health, man. I can't imagine what these guys' bodies go through. Um, you know, fucking, by the way, shouts to Chris Curtis, man. He took that fight. Uh, Chris Curtis in, tail out, Curtis in. It was funny, the, the day uh, that got announced... Uh, I saw Chris Curtis uh, in, uh, in in Gi Jiu-Jitsu uh, doing my guy Bryce Harley's class. So I was like, look at Curtis brushing up on his Jiu-Jitsu. And then it uh, came in handy because like, th that day or the next day, he gets uh, he's in for the uh, Hermanson fight. And then I was backing out today, and then I almost backed over Chris Curtis. Thankfully, it did it because it would have been like, Chris Curtis in. <laughs> Chris Curtis out. <laughs> I would have felt really bad. No, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not, I wouldn't. went back over the investment, folks. Hopefully, hopefully that number's nice. We'll see on that one. Um, we're, we're getting to the co-main event, folks. Don't worry. We're getting to the co-main event, folks. One more, and then I'll, I'll touch back to you guys. Um, Mark Fellows, Volk just announced that he's 12 weeks out with a broken thumb surgery today. All the best to him, man. Uh, one more. What's good, Dan? Do you think RDA will target the body with his rear straight? Um, or will Fazeev rear kick 
uh, be too much for him. You know, whether he's going for that body shot or his actual wrestling shots, changing his eyes at uppercut hook returns. Here's the other thing that, that could knock RDA out, out here. Running onto a knee or running onto a, a, a knee that was meant as a head kick, right? Um, speaking of that, great note there, Ryo. Uh, but yeah, th that's actually what worries me there. But that being said, as far as the most available targets for Fazeev, because he's got really good defense, he checks a lot of the leg kicks that come his way. Um, obviously, he's got really good slips and returns, but the dude can be hit to the body now. He's got, looks to be, have pretty crazy body conditioning, as I imagine he would, a guy that's that aware of the body and punishing people. But it's a very high hit percentage point for people, and RDA will attack that body too. And um, RDA is a southpaw, so he's attacking that liver side, which don't matter how tough you are, uh, adamant or not, um, that liver is, is the kryptonite, man. So that's that's the red button there. All right, the co-main event is Kyle Bohio, uh, minus 225. I'll try to push through the rest of this pretty fast. I appreciate you guys participating in the chat. This is awesome. Thank you. Uh, Kyle Bohio, minus 225. Armin Petrosian, plus 190. This is like a, feels like a stay-away spot for me, but if you're on the chalk here or parlaying it... Um, all the best to you. I got Kyle Bohio. Obviously, uh, I took him last time, and um, the analysis went through from, you know, Gatsir Margachiev kind of overthrowing his shots to um, uh, the flying knee that I was calling for, the grappling, all that stuff. Um, small cage, so I got to imagine he's going to grapple Petrosian. Petrosian, I actually think, will be harder to hold down than uh, Gatsir Margachiev, despite um, Margachiev being a. Uh, wrestling specialist slash wrestling base. Um, the guy was a the guy's kind of fraudster. He shams a tough level, right? Like he, again, tough people. But like again, you every everyone's got you know it's the percentages, right? It's the same around the world, and you know they got their hey, he's a phony. Uh, they got theirs too. I'm not saying that, but you know maybe. Uh, I'm just saying you know uh, Petrosian, really good getups. You know we saw that. Um, it, it's up to Bohio. I think he can. I think he can have success countering Petrosian. Petrosian looks like he's finishing this camp at American Top Team 2. I'm not sure what southpaws he's working with because Bohio's a southpaw, and even like in the cans that Petrosian came up fighting, none of those guys were really southpaws. So that's the big mystery here. I'm going to take the southpaw counterfighter. It's going to be really close, though, if this stays up on the feet or uh, primarily in the clinch. Um, most of the time. I think a lot of the leg targets are going to be taken away, not just because of Bohio's southpaw stance, but Bohio seems to have really good defense returns. We'll mix in like weird oblique, oblique kicks as well as tie clicks. He credits himself with a Muay Thai black belt to go along with his brudo, judo brown belt. And not just the judo brown belt, actually like national accolades and championships. And then, of course, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, training with Damian Maya for 18 years there in the small cage. I can't help but go with him, but I don't know if it's going to be by decision with some ground control and, and submission attempts in the mix, or he actually does get the submission. The numbers aren't uh, as juicy as I would like. Um, so, to be honest, uh, nothing really looks sexy to me. Uh, if it does to you, all the best to you. But uh, I'm picking Bohio. Um, probably by decision, uh, but I'm going to stay away, although it would be nice to like cash a Bohio by decision and make it back for that Petrosian by decision, but it was close enough fight. I really can't complain on that one. Um, and Hobocop just kind of looks, 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 can look bad when he gets hit. And, but we saw, we saw, we saw what Hobocop's backing. All right, easy, Dan. All right, next fight, we got, uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov. 
Saeed bet. Shout out to the MMA Analysis Podcast. Minus 320. Douglas De Silva. Speaking of the MMA Analysis Podcast, Douglas De Silva DeAndrage, or as my guy Brascheck in the chat like to say, Douglas De Silva Deon Steroids. It's like, you know what? That fits. Don't even just try to, don't even make it rhyme. It doesn't need to. It's so spot on. I mean, the guy looks like he just took all the muscles with him. And I used to say that before, but if you look at it, when he, he went back up to, like, 145 to fight Lerone Murphy and then came back down, and, like, in that process, like, he just stole, he like, he, you know, he, he's like the thing from Stranger Things. He gets more powerful with the more people he absorbs, you know, and he just, like, except instead of people, it's like vitamin shops, you know. He just, he just goes in, all five, six of them, and he's just like, watch this. Um... Dude, the dude's a unit, as my friends across the pond would say. So this one, um, I said look at the over here and another over. Uh, I didn't pull the trigger on that yet because I got to finish study on the possible other, or the under here and the other under. That being said, I finished the study and I still like the under, um, even though it could go long. But because of that, I actually like the under slash the additional bet and view that I found in my, my tips today. Uh, Nerdea, uh, even more, and uh, it is, uh, it is, uh, you know, again the old wives' tale, the old, the old cure for a dominant, overinflated Russian is a old Brazilian baby, an old Brazilian. Uh, Douglas de Silva de Andrade, Douglas de Silva de Andrugs. There we go. That's even better. Braz Tazchuk. Hey, Nolan King's in the chat. DT, what's up, Nolan? Uh, shout out to my guy at MMA Kings. You know him on Twitter. Uh, speaking of of reporting media uh, interviews and the like, go check him out. He's the man. But uh, yeah, Douglas De Silva, he is the man too. Um, you know, uh, just like Nolan King, Douglas De Silva does not stop. It does not matter. You know, it does not matter. The craziness is going on. You can count on this guy, win or lose. He's going to work, baby. Um, and that's all you can really ask for in a dog. You know, um, Said Nurmagomedov, not related to Khabib. That they're cousins in the same way as like, you know, like. Hawaiians and Armenians refer to everybody in their general vicinity as cousins. You know, well, Armenians is different. They, they may, in fact, quite literally be the cousins. Dan, we just said we're not going to racially stick real tight. I'm just, I got love for our, my Armenian brothers and sisters. Hey, I'm, I'm, I, grew, I grew up with a bunch of them out here. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, we, and and as, you know, guy from Hawaii, I'm just saying, we are probably, you know, want to stereotype. We're guilty of using cousins. So, um, believe me when I say it can be, you know, be careful. Don't take it too, too literal. You know, us Hawaiians too, we go, hey, auntie, right? Right? Hey, auntie, you know, it's almost like a sign of respect. Um, uh, something I didn't show my neighbors the other day, but you know what? They were yelling at my dogs and my disabled mom and homie don't play that shit. Uh, but yeah, it's a sign of endearment, right? You go, auntie, hey, ho, how's it, auntie? Hey, how's it, cuz? Um, so it's not a literal relationship. Uh, he's not a wrestler. Um, he's more of a wushu sanda guy. A lot of Dagestanis are either like kickboxing wushu sanda guys like Zabit. Um, and they probably, you know, if they're introduced, like nine times out of ten, they're going to come from Mahachkala, right? Uh, that's, a, that's a region real strong. And not that there's not good wrestlers that come from there too, obviously. But real strong wushu sanda presence. Uh, and even though wushu sanda is not on his record, it's actually just all MMA accolades, uh, amateur MMA accolades, and amateur MMA masters of sports. Uh, the guy came up fighting and mainly kickboxes. He can wrestle, but he's not that great. It's mainly for defense. 
Um, his offense doesn't look too great or explosive. I mean, he's kind of a string beanie guy at 135. I wouldn't expect him to have the most explosive takedowns. Um, and neither does Zabit, and he's a string beanie guy at 145, who is uh, more of a Wushu sign of base. But Zabit's actually got some like legit level changing takedowns and really good technique to compensate. Because you can tell if a tall guy doesn't. You really, and if, you, if you bend to the back improperly for a takedown, it's like you could really spot that easier. And maybe fall prey to it, arguably. Uh, I'm not a super lanky tall guy. I'm just average 5'9 over here, but I wouldn't know. But, um, but yeah, uh, he doesn't look super athletic in that department. And, again, um, DeAndraj, um, he has lost to bigger guys. Half of his losses come to those bigger guys, but they're, like, really good bigger guys usually too, like uh, Lerone Murphy. Or at the time, you know, I didn't go back to watch this one. Admittedly, it was earlier in their careers. Uh Zubaira to Hugoff. Uh, and then, of course, his other losses at 135 were like to legit uh, Peter Yan and Rob Font, not too shabby. Um, Saeed could win here. He could even win by decision, and then that kind of kills the under here, right? And then if he wins, obviously that would kill a Douglas De Silva, uh, DeAndre. Now I want to say DeAndre, because damn you, Brad. DeAndre play. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, it was actually watching that Lerone Murphy fight that sold me. It was watching, and you know that that that's something. If someone watching them in a loss is what sells you, you know, and you're getting a big plus number, then eh, there could be something to that, right? And in that loss, like, you know, I scored at 29-28, uh, Lerone Murphy. But you know, if, if a judge wanted to be cheeky and going off of damage, like, the last two rounds were much closer than what you know reads off paper in that fight. Uh, he hurt Lerone Murphy, made him uncomfortable, was able to take his back multiple times even, hit reversal, scrambles, get out from bad positions against a way bigger guy. Like, aside from, you know, his crazy, like, muscles, like, Douglas Da Silva, he's not, uh, he's not even, like, that big for 135, much less 145. So it was crazy that he was fighting up there for so long and getting a lot of his wins, probably like half his wins up in that division, right? Um, and he was still able to put up a fight, hurt, hurt Lerone Murphy, like, just carry power to the third round and stuff. Um, he has been tagged, and almost worse so in recent fights. Like, his last one against Morozov was a, was a sweat, right? Or never in doubt, depending on how you want to look at it. But he got dropped, right? And I could see Saeed Nurmagomedov. Because if he doesn't get a decision, what does he get? He gets, like, first-round finishes like Umar. But his are, like, weird. They're, like, weird opportunistic strikes that come out of nowhere. And that's kind of how... Um, Douglas De Silva or Andrade would get knocked out. Of course, he's only been stopped by strikes once, and that was by Peter Yan, and that wasn't even like, dude, he took a hellacious beat. It takes a, it's, it's, it, it usually takes a hellacious beating to do anything to the guy, because uh, it, and in in that fight, the corner had to stop it, which I applaud them. They should have stopped it, but I'm just saying like, the guy still. It, I mean, that fight was only going one way. I'm not trying to shine shit, so to speak, but like. Damn, man. I mean, the guy still, in a way, hasn't been stopped by strikes in there, if you know what I'm saying. You know, and then he got the, the guillotine loss to um, to Font, which could happen here because we saw uh, Saeed's got a good guillotine, so he could early club in some of them. In that case, you know, we cashed the under with, with what I am planning to attach it to, and I will attach it to something probably more, more than likely here um, because it does serve as a good hedge if you compare it, I think. And if it does go to decision... Well, again, you got a guy who's not quitting. He's landing power shots the whole time. So whether it's a legit, whether he wins a legit decision or like a cheeky one, like Douglas De Silva is in the running for that too. So again, even if we don't hit the under and it goes to the decision, like 
it doesn't mean that we're dead in the water. And if Douglas De Silva Diandras hits, let's say for somewhere close to three to one, he's only plus two sixty-five right now. But if if I can get closer to three to one by fight time, you know, Nurmagomedov, everyone's going to see the name. It's going to be too high. They're just going to they're just going to be throwing them blindly in parlay pieces. Um, you get close to three to one. I'm gonna I'm planning just to put a, a flat unit on Douglas De Silva, and that way if if he if he hits. Um, with what I'm planning to bet, uh, even that could kind of cover as far as a break even, and then we we got those do años to maybe take us home with some profit, right? Um, so yeah, that's my plan. Again, like RDA, I haven't played him yet because again, he's against a younger, hyped up Russian. So I'm expecting who deserves to be the favorite. Not hating, not hating on the Russians, not hating on these fighters, not hating, but just calling trends for what they are, right? What what, what happens in these situations? It's juice. It's inflation. Even if it's right, if, even if it ends up being on the right side, it's still an inflated right side, right? And from a gambling perspective, that changes the opinion a bit. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna wait for closer to three to one for Douglas De Silva before I pull the trigger for a unit. And I'm gonna wait closer to two to one before I pull for at least 1.5 for Dos Anjos. Uh, let's see what's up here. What is popping? Uh, RDA is gonna. Glover Garage the fuck out of the seat like you did Kevin Lee. I'm hoping, baby, round four would, would pay a lot. Uh, the head and arm choke is what I see too, especially because Fazeev's really muscly like Kevin Lee. Um, and when you're tired, that's just that just feels like it's going to be uh, feels like it's going to be right there. Uh, Ryo, be careful, Dan. You're going to get angry comments uh, in squiggly form by Khabib fans. I know, man. Even though the fact is he lost the T-Bow fight. Keep fighting the good fight there. Um, <laughs> Khabib fans are gonna hate me. I love Khabib's style too. Like as a fighter, like if you did like if you took his fans and the bullshit hyperbole and this this legacy talk, like dude, I would be like Khabib's probably the biggest fan. I would be the hugger like you guys would be sick of. Like that's the funny thing. Like that's why like it, it hurts me inside to be such a hater. But I just it's, it has nothing to do with him. It's just my contrarianness. When I see such obvious fact and historical stuff kind of overlooked and technique, like check mark, check mark, check mark stuff that this nerd nerds out about, like of course I'm gonna fucking say something about it, you know. Um, Dan Urban, uh, Emeril Lagasse, uh, uh, Lagasse Stadium Sportsbook had a fantastic cookie and coffee milkshake dessert in the beach. And what are you trying to do? I think it closed though. Oh, that sounds fucking good. What the hell are you guys getting me hungry for? What's up, brother? Tell Nick Billy. 24-7, tell Nick Sick and Charles Lee. I said, what's up next time you see them? I will. Oh, man, I, I love me some Charles Lee. I got to catch up with Charles, man. Charles is the man. Uh, and, of course, Nick Sick is the man. Uh, I miss Legacy Stadium. It was a great place to watch fights from, close them. But yeah, uh, Junkie Radio used to do um, like some of their get-togethers and stuff for like uh, fight parties at Legacy Stadium. It's like a popular watch-along spot. Um, Jumbo Sang. Hello, Dan. Off-topic question. <laughs> Careful, you will get me off-topic. Uh, just kidding. What are your thoughts on Whaley training with Cejudo in 2021? Hickman Bros in Thailand for the last camp. I'm a big fan of her and started jiu-jitsu because of her. That's awesome. Uh, you know, Esther kind of had a comment about her wrestling before, and your comment actually parlayed straight into that because, of course, not only Cejudo, obviously known for his wrestling, Fight Ready uh, as well, uh, the camp Cejudo goes out of, but the Hickman Brothers, who are uh, American collegiate folk-style wrestlers, um... Not that Cejudo doesn't have that knowledge as well, um, even though he go uh, uh, in freestyle, right? It was freestyle, right? It wasn't Greco. Uh, but uh, 
yeah, Hickman Brothers, of course, uh, over at Tiger Muay Thai in Thailand, uh, one of uh, the camps that Whaley utilizes. So I'm a big fan of that too. And good, good on starting jujitsu. Look at Whaley's game. You know, she's uh, you know, with the with the wrestling and the, and the power. Uh, that's a definitely a good person to inspire you there. Um, I also saw in a live chat with Whaley that she will go to fight ready in, at Arizona. The fight against Spars in the United States. Thoughts? I think that's a great move. I think that's a, a fantastic move, especially that she's continuing wrestling trends when she didn't train there. She did in her last camp, still look fantastic in that department. So, yeah, I like it. And you know me, I love me some, some uh, you know, I love the two time undisputed champ cashing tickets for us like a badass. Ne- never in doubt, Carla Esparza, the GOAT, the two time GOAT. You know, I love me some Esparza. But, wink nudge. I'm not going to be siding with her next time. Uh, <laughs> Douglas De Silva. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Kudo, do you think uh, the calf sweep, not calf kick, as a debasing technique will be the future of MMA? Sanchai does this a lot. Um, yeah, Sanchai does a lot of fucking things that uh, a lot of us wish we could do. Um, when you first said that, though, I know what you're talking about. When you first when you first said that, I, was, I, I just was thinking about, like, the uh, Ken and Ryu. What is it, like, down and wide? I don't know what the button is. Someone will probably hit me. Uh, you know, uh, fellow video game nerds in the chat there. Um, I was like, that would be sweet to see. And I, we've, we've seen some of that. We've seen someone hit that. Who hit that? Was it as a fucking... It's probably like Tony Ferguson, probably. Um, <laughs> that it's something like that. But the Sanchai-style one, yeah. That would be sweet. Um, what if Aziv did it? Just to, just to fuck around? Like, how cool would that be? Especially if they the RDA. Uh, Brad Tastrick. Uh, Saeed and Khabib are cousins the same way Snoop Dogg and Sean O'Malley are cousins. That's right. They are cousins by simple virtue of herpes of a shared joint. Actually, I shouldn't joke about that. Uh, well, for Snoop Dogg and O'Malley, it's okay to joke about that. But yeah, not. <laughs> that obviously doesn't apply uh, to them. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's a uh, same spirit, same energy. Let's just say that. All right, let's get down and knock the rest of this card out, shall we? Uh, Chase Sherman plus 165. Jared Ayavendera, give me sight beyond sight. Um, Thundercats fans out there, anybody? Uh, Vandera minus one ninety five. I haven't researched this fight yet. Clearly, I'm in such a rush. I know I'm missing out on some some value here. No, uh, I can't pick Sherman. Um, no offense to him. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jared Vandera, who's underrated kickboxing, even though he like used to wrestle. His main coach is a wrestler and owns a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt to his name. Um, you could tell he really tried to shore that up and actually like show that off. Um. Was it his last fight against Olenek? But the point is, like, Olenek's the last guy to do it against. Um, but, you know, fight IQ being equal, I'll go with the guy who is uh, more skilled and wants to be there more, and that is Vandera. Vandera wants to be there. He'll get frustrated when he's losing, but he wants to be there. Whereas Her- Sherman, you can just see it in his eyes, man. It's like, a, it's like song lyrics that I can't grasp right now, but there's like a billion versions of it where it's just like... I can see where you've been in your eyes. Your eyes tell a story, girl. It's okay. Shh. You know? That's how I feel. <laughs> Chase Sherman. No, I don't feel like running up and, you know, you know, cook, 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 you know, um, you know, putting my hands on his lips. But you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, ooh, I feel bad for him. I want to pat him on the back and buy him a beer. Um, I'm probably going to end up picking Vandera when my main card article comes out. So you might want to check that to see what my pick is uh, for that. Um, Jamie Malaki. Versus Michael Johnson. I know there's no Australian accent. I like I do the Anik thing. Um, 
Mark Fellows. I do the anti. I go. I go blasting from a lackey. Sorry. Uh, Ted Dan. It means Ted Danson's bastard son. You know, where everybody knows your name. You know, it, it may have happened there. It may have happened when Ted. You know, he might be Ted's ba Australian bastard when he went over to Australia to you know uh, to spend some of that. Uh, Whatever money he did with Whoopi Goldberg. Did, did he see dating Whoopi Goldberg? Were they a thing? I just got a weird visual. Anyways, uh, let's... <laughs> Jamie Malarkey, minus 230. Michael Johnson, plus 195. Um, I understand the number getting up to, like, the plus 200 on Michael Johnson. I love me some Michael Johnson, man. Um, I... I bet Michael Johnson against Gleason Tebow. That was one of Dan Tom's early bets. So I, I was very... Very, uh, you know, and I, I cashed him against Edson Barbosa. So, like, I cashed, I cashed him against some Southpaws. He's not facing a Southpaw here, Malarkey. Uh, Malarkey technically 0-1 against South. But, again, it's like I'm almost like picking against these stats, right? But it, it comes to the matchup. Stats aren't everything, folks. Even my beloved Southpaw stats. Um, you know, uh, in Malarkey, I know I, I whiffed uh, picking and playing against him against Jalen Turner. But I learned my lesson and made that money back, right? Uh, but even in that fight, um, Jalen Turner, obviously, that doesn't age as badly. And, you know, Malarkey, actually, I forgot, uh, he actually had his moments in that fight, too. Um, looked like he even, I think, potentially hurt Turner at one point. Um, couldn't keep it up, and the dynamic, you know, uh, and that the body shots, and then the flurries against the fence. It was beautiful stuff by Turner, Mr. Turner. Uh, but the stuff I was saying about Malarkey uh, still holds true about putting a pace. And even though he can get iced... Granted, it was at 145. That was actually against Turner. That was the first time he got stopped at 55 because Malarkey shouldn't be much more durable at 55 um, when he's not facing Mr. Turner, that is. Uh, and again, he's facing another uh, long, uh, very capable southpaw with some speed to him. I know Johnson's older. So it definitely could be dangerous here. So um, I didn't finish my tape study. I want to more see uh, Johnson's recent fights again, believe it or not, than Malarkey. I know Johnson's the more proven product. Why? You have to watch tape on him, Dan. Again, I do my due diligence whether I'm picking for them, as I tend to do, or in this case, picking against. I still want to make sure I'm doing my due diligence. And when I do get the older fighters that I, I, I do have a soft spot for, regardless of how I pick, uh, one of the things I do look for is speed changes, right? Speed changes, again, what are they seeing? How are their eyes and exchanges? Not just how fast are the punches coming off, at what rate are they shot and not throwing, but like, are they seeing the punches too? Like That's, that's what I more want to see. Um, for Michael Johnson's side, but that was the over I was teasing at. You could still, um, most houses get upwards of, of the neighborhood of plus 170 if you parlay um, Michael Johnson under with, um, with uh, what do you call, uh, uh, Michael Johnson Malarkey under with uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov and uh, Douglas Da Silva de Andrade. Um, again, if that hits, maybe that pays off... Uh, the, uh, the first two dog shots, uh, hence there might be another one here that I didn't pull the trigger on yet, uh, further down below. Um, but I may only put, you know, 0.7, the 0.75, uh, no more than a unit max, and I don't even want to bet this fight. We'll get to that one, though. But yeah, that's something I'm looking at. I will post if I play it, but that is what I'm looking at. And uh, I feel more inclined to play that if I play the Douglas De Silva DeAndrade shot, because if Douglas De Silva age catches up to him, right, he gets iced. Um, then, uh, then then we still make some money off of that, right? So that's kind of my thinking there. Maybe I'll have another bonus bet or something I'll, I'll like with uh, Malarkey and Johnson when I run through the comb. But uh, 
I don't think we should have too many surprises. Although I did say I liked the favorite, uh, both favorites in both those fights when I was on the UFC Fight Pass show. So, but I did say I didn't get to those fights yet, and it wasn't anything for sure. I just said it's what the direction I was looking at. The only hard bet that I placed or that I called on that fight was the one that I placed, and that's the only one that I placed and I called and gave you guys here, which was the RDA round props. So let's push through the rest of this fast. Uh, Nina Nunez plus one thirty, Cynthia Calvillo minus one fifty. They're on the main card. They just added him, too. God damn it. I thought it was too good to be true. I was like, what? Two weeks in a row? Only a five-fight main card? Of course, I only got the one last week because they had to because it's pay-per-view. Don't give them any ideas. I'm sure they'll put that to six, too. My goodness. Justify it. It'll justify it when they raise the price to 100 bucks. Uh, but, of course, we got to have six-fight main cards and throw fucking heavyweight fights on it because, you know, God forbid. What the fuck are we doing here? Anyways, um, my early pick is Nina Nunez. It probably won't change, and if it... And, I, I probably won't bet it even though I'm on the dog, which means that she will win. I will protect you guys. I will, I will stay off that one. And that means that I'll probably cash because that's my luck with the female uh, underdog slash mental or level underdogs. Um, all right. Uh, deep breakdown on that one, I know. Same with this one. Ricky Tercios, minus 190. Hey, man. It's a hobby. Plus 160. Um, Tercios' volume could give a man. Zahabi some uh, opportunities, but ultimately I'm going to go with Tercios' volume, uh, Miguel Torres' light. Uh, no strong pick, no strong play. Probably won't even look into it, so be careful. Anthony Shevchenko, minus 170. Courtney Casey, cast iron, plus 145. Not surprised that Shevchenko's favored. I thought it would be a little tighter. That being said, even though the value on the female dog, yada, 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 I'm actually going to pick Shevchenko here. I didn't play it. Uh, I was looking at maybe that over. This would be maybe an over I would maybe use. Maybe if I don't like the under and Johnson and Malarkey, which it's a pretty damn tempting under, um, or it's pretty fairly priced. You know, not not great to play straight up because it's chalk. But I'm just saying it's it's probably where it should be at the same set, the same same end. But another thing I was looking in the uh, you know in the total parlay theme was the over for this fight. I didn't look into this fight and. Um, yeah, it's probably really expensive, so and would, would lessen the value. So I uh, took Shevchenko and stayed away. Uh, Cody Brundage plus one twenty-five. Trace on Gore minus one forty-five. Um, I'll pick Trace on Gore, but uh, I didn't look at this fight, so I'm not confident in it. Um, and nor should I be, and nor should you be. These guys are still trying to find themselves. So uh, maybe you see an angle, but ultimately lower level guys still developing. Guys still trying to find themselves. Do we really need to mess with this? You know, I'm, I'm trying to keep it light as possible if I can. Uh, when I was playing conservative, two or three plays, uh, which is what I'll be looking at outside of the round flyers here. That's when I seem to do my best. Um, that's why I'm also hesitant. I was just searching and searching for other stuff to play. And, you know, maybe I don't need to play this, but it's the only other one. It would fit the three underdog, three plays, and they just happen to all be underdogs. We got Carl Robertson plus 120, uh, Kennedy uh, in Chekwu, or as my guy at your UK fan, Wes Colvin likes to say, Kenny Nunchucks, baby. Um, I love me some safe Sayuda and outside of Uriah Hall, which was pretty easy to guess how that one was going to go. Um, as far as the winner, maybe maybe method is a little harder to guess. Um, aside from that, Fortis MMA has been kicking ass. Do not like betting against Fortis MMA. And that's why I've been reluctant to pull the trigger. Um, don't like picking against a guy like Kenny Nunchucks, a good guy like Kenny. I mean, this guy's story to help his mother. His brother's got autism. His mother's got ALS, and he's, like, fighting to, like, to supply them with money. Like, that's why he started fighting in 2015. Like, 
how the fuck do you not root for this guy, man? How do you not root for him? I almost want to take the unit that, or the three-quarter unit or whatever I end up considering thinking whatever playing on a guy like Roberson. I should just, you know, does does Kennedy have, like, a GoFundMe for, like, his, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm not trying to be, like, uh, put down or derogatory or any, anything like that. I, I genuinely mean it. Like, how do, you not, how do you not fucking root for that guy? Um, all these things want me to go the, the way of the favorite. It feels like everybody and their mother... Um, is picking uh, Nincheku. I don't think I've seen any Robertson support on the timeline. Uh, no birdies in my ear. But it feels right, man. Uh, is this guy really going to drop three in a row? You know, I know I picked Brendan Allen to win by sub, and I feel like that poor IQ of... And it wasn't that poor of an IQ. The guy was in a crucifix, and he was able to sneak a leg through. And going for the heel hook was the only thing to get him out of that. So going for the leg lock actually wasn't bad. It was staying around playing and going for the submission instead of getting up once he created the scramble. That was the faulty IQ. Um, so I'm not saying that it wasn't faulty IQ. It absolutely was. But how he got into that situation in the first place, uh, I realized upon rewatching, I'm like, that was actually more forgivable than I remember, A. And B, something, and this was weird. This is another reason, like, I almost want to bet because, like, just attacks me for the time. Because I actually... I actually went and watched every UFC fight and contender series fight that these guys had. And I know Robertson, bad fight IQ screams off the board with him, right? But when you actually look at the moments, he doesn't have a lot of moments. He was the guy that just, you know, he gets rushed into his first kickboxing fight with Jerome goddamn LeBanner, right? Um, And then he has, like, this early success beating, like, uh, you know, a guy like Ryan Suspan who was somewhat tested on the regional scene already wasn't just a contender series guy rushed and would be a contender series guy would eventually find his spot and even you know say what you will uh, about how the rankings worth you know got to a ranking spot you know he beats him beats a guy like darren stewart who's been around for a minute you know who when mentally things are right he's a hard out you know it's more of just kind of a head case with darren stewart is his own worst enemy is himself he's a tough guy to get out of there beats him gets him out gets both those guys out of there fast then gets rushed against Cesar Mutanch, you know, he gets rushed against Glover Teixeira, taking that on short notice, going up to 205, where he's back up to here, and I know he's, he, he you know, you know, his record there isn't, you know, the greatest when you look at the fights like Teixeira or whatnot, but that was Glover Teixeira, that was early in his career, that was short notice, um, and 185 was hurting him. He was missing weight uh, against guys like uh, Marvin Vittori, who, you know, that wasn't really that much of a surprise. You know, again, I'm picking a guy with a bad southpaw record here, right? Uh, he's one in three, but you look at those. Two of those were submission losses, I believe. Was uh, Vittori, again, a wrestler guy who was not doing bad on the feet. Same with Cesar Fajeda before they took it down real fast. Didn't want none of that. Um, but then he loses a legit, you know, southpaw loss to uh, Khalil Roundtree. That's and that's his first stoppage loss by strikes, you know. So you got that fresh in your head too. Um, but if you look at that, he actually wasn't doing too bad. He was just waiting the storm. And once you get about a minute and a half to two minutes into round two, your percentages is go And I love Khalil Roundtree. You guys know I have a history. Uh, history grew up going to the same shows as that kid back when he was three hundred pounds. Uh, I'm not talking shit here. I'm just saying if you look at it from a resume perspective, mathematically, your chances go way up past that seven-minute mark. And uh, it was the what part of the se- second round was it? It was the very beginning. It was like his first flurries that um, that uh, Robertson gets caught with, right? And it was uh, a 
just a beautiful check right hook around, just knocked his equilibrium out. Then he takes a brutal, one of those brutal body shots in transit. He actually recovered from the shot well, um, got to a good grappling spot, but then Khalil scrambled free, and in the scramble, did that classic kick to the body. And again, those those body things like are really deceptive. Like he, he gets hit with two hard shots after, then finally goes down, but it took like a flurry, and it was really that body kick that did it. So again, you look at that. And it was mistakes, and there were things that maybe he could have done better to prevent that. He definitely could have been more active. Um, obviously, don't get me wrong, not making excuses in that sense. I'm just saying, if you look at what actually hit him, and you look at what Khalil, again, kind of like a Darren Stewart, it's kind of their own worst enemies themselves, right? And you look at who showed up and what he hit him with, like, there's not very many people that were going to survive that that night. Um, well, let's look at Kennedy uh, and Chuku's southpaw record. Zero and zero. We don't know, folks. We haven't seen him against Southpaws. And, you know, I think I heard, I don't know, one of the commentators, I don't know if they didn't do study, but they were like, Kennedy's a wild man. His, his, uh, he's going to, you know, uh, and like, I don't know if maybe they just watched like the end of the Olberg fight, but even rewatching that Olberg fight, it wasn't as crazy. It, it, not that it wasn't crazy, but it definitely wasn't as crazy as I remember it and like the hyperbole was built upon. And in that fight, that was crazy and where... Uh, Ninchekwu won, and he won by finish even. And even in that fight, crazy fight, he won. Won by finish. Even in that fight, he has moments where he's just looking in his head. He's he's gun-shy. There's, like, a confidence issue. Because this guy's, like, such a nice fucking kid. That's another reason why, like, uh, you want to root for him. Like, I think he's one of those gentle giants where he just, like... He's a nice kid. I don't. I don't know if he. And I'm saying this as a nice kid who's not wired for fighting as much as I would want to be, as much as I love it, as much as I committed my body to it. Not wired for it, folks. I'm not the most competitive dude. I'd be like, you know, you can win here. I'll tap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it's 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 more. I'm more by battling myself in there. Uh, sorry, dogs. A dogs barking. Does that mean I got a that Roberson? Roberson. You know, my dogs barked in the beginning of the uh, segment. Ben, relax, buddy. In the beginning of the segment for... Um, I was going to mute it, but I'm like, then you guys just sit here watching the mute screen. They'll, they'll calm down. Ben, relax, bud. Um, the beginning of the, the Gambler's Perspective segment. Uh, I'm sure James, being an awesome producer, probably like muted, muted and muffled it and edited it out as best he could, but the dog barked a little bit when they threw to me for RDA. And uh, you know, I don't know what I don't know what Molly's record over on the MMA Vivid section. Zane's dog. I pitched that idea to him last time. I don't think Zane was feeling it. But you know, whenever the dogs bark on a on a, on a breakdown podcast, I always note that. I don't know about you guys, but um, like I was saying, we don't know how uh, Kennedy and Chukwu does, and he kind of gets in his own head, right? Um, and you need safe side, and maybe that's the reason why he's kind of got some late finishes too, because he almost needs like time to wake up, and we'll kind of get in his head out there. And even though I scored, and most people, I believe, did uh, his last fight for uh, Nikolai uh, Nigamarianu, even with the point, you could have uh, justified a score to him. Um, the fact is he was going on his back foot, and he really wasn't sitting down for the kill shots. It was like, guys need to fall apart. Uh, it's like, th there has to be a lot of things, you know, uh, things need to go his way for, for, the, uh, for his winning conditions for finishes to come out. And perhaps it could, but Robertson's never really been a guy to gas. For all his things, he's never been a guy to gas. And again, what's Robertson's main thing is fight IQ. Well, that was another thing. I went back to watch Kennedy and Chukwu's literally every fight but one. 
Um, maybe even that, like probably every fight, I think. I went through and watched every fight. There is one super suspect moment in at least every fight where he's taking his eye. And in one of them, he does a lot, which is a really scary one. You know, was it Victor Ortiz? Was that the boxer that got that had it happen with Floyd Mayweather, where they look away and they don't listen to the ref and the actions in? They didn't call the action out or the actions back in, and they're still looking at the ref. Like he does stuff like that all the time, like to the point where if you watch one of his fights and he, you see him legitimately fouled, and you see Safe Sayud get mad. Um, it's because it's like Safe Sayud almost knows this because he's seen that behavior so many times that whether he's doing the foul or getting legitimately fouled, like Kennedy will check out. And he gets legitimately fouled in one of his fights. You see Safe Sayud yelling at him, going, like, yelling at him like it was his fault. And people like, like, oh, what's wrong with Safe? Like, no, like, I, I get why Safe's doing that. Because he knows, he, you know, that, 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 that affirm, confirm, however, whatever the proper wording is there, uh, to me, that, 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 that is something. He does lose, lose concentration and make suspect uh, decisions in there. He's always, you know, despite, you know, having a magnet for getting poked in the eye or kicked in the balls, um, he pokes people in the eye all the time and, and kind of has that that out there. So you get the point deduction um, if this goes long. Um, even though uh, Kennedy's takedown defense underrated, I know I picked Danilo Marquez to sub him to single leg get to his back, which he did in my defense, and he had his chances. But what happened when he didn't? Well, then, you know, it was going to be Kennedy all day, round three, right? Um, so I definitely don't want to underestimate him there. And part of me was thinking uh, Robertson by sub. That's definitely, it's either sub or decision, club and sub or decision, I think. But, it, you know, I, A, I don't know if he can sub him. It might have to, like, just win a decision here. Uh, and just, like, positional grappling, leg kicks from the outside. Because that's another thing is is Robertson, he apparently loves to face southpaws. I don't know how much anymore after the Khalil Roundtree fight. Um, but otherwise, like, he has always been noted in saying that. Uh, and you, you look at it, he actually gets more aggressive with southpaws generally. Uh, minus with Khalil. Um, you know, and again, I don't know if he's going to have that that problem with a non-as-aggressive fighter and a fighter who will take the back foot too as well, like Kennedy will sometimes do and has been trending to do lately at least. So, I don't know about that. Small cage. Um, Robertson's going to have the leg kicks. I know there's a huge reach disadvantage and, and it's legit. It's like 74 inches to 83. It's something stupid. But I was lo also looking when he fought southpaws uh, as far as straight punches. Now, straight lefts, that's going to be something to watch out for. And the check right hook, which ironically he ended up getting caught with. But the jab from the southpaw stance may be one of the better things that Robertson has an answer for. He likes looking for jabs and slipping and doing inside slips or outside slips as well. He has answers for both. And that's what I what, what I kind of needed to see because Kennedy, especially from his corner, always wants him to jab. Use that length. Use that 83 inches. And a lot of that stuff comes off that lead jab. So that's what I was looking for. And, and, and Robertson actually has a good reaction to that. Now, it's the left and right hooks that follow up or can check and sneak. That could be worrisome here. That could definitely catch um, Robertson. But I feel like Robertson has more ways to win. He's the more skilled fighter. Uh, he's more proven and more experienced against southpaws. And this matchup could benefit him. You know, even though the reach, you got the leg kicks, he attacks the legs like crazy. And again, if you're straight punching and straight jabbing and having a lot of your offense come off of that, um, trading a jab for a low kick, I, I tend to like the low kicks more often than not, right? Especially with the way a lot of MMA fighters can jab. So I, I'll take take me the the more impactful low kick, which I think is going to be there for Robertson all day. Um, I think he's a better fighter in the clinch. He'll have clinch offense there as well as takedowns and grappling. So, uh, yeah, don't be surprised. I'm not telling you to follow me on this one especially, believe me.
but at the same time, it's funny. I just feel like the reason why everybody's not picking Roberson is for fight IQ when the other guy literally outnumbers him 7-1 to one in bad fight IQ and UFC fights moments. So, But we got one really big moment for, for, for Robertson, I think. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. I could could, could, could eat massive, massive shit, but uh, if I do play, it'll be not too crazy. Maybe a unit at the most. I might not even play it, but if I do, I'll post it. David Onama, minus 645. Garfield versus Garfield. No, it's Garrett Armfield. Um, my dyslexic ass likes to say Garfield. Plus 480. Did not study this fight. Don't know anything. I will take Onama. Obviously, I liked what I've seen from before. Looking forward to seeing more. Sucks that he has to settle for a, another short notice spot, whether it's him or his opponent, right? Ronnie Lawrence, minus 140. Uh, Sayyidikub, cock ramen baby. Um, um I'm going to go with Kakramanov there. Um... Yeah, I'll go with Kok Ramanoff. I did not study this fight. I just saw a, an interview he did. Um, I don't know if I'll get around to it. I just feel like Ronnie Lawrence, he's got a grappling takedown heavy style. It's in the small cage. Designated favorite makes sense. But it's like the more you look at it and his game, um, I feel like there's moments for him to be upset. We've almost seen a couple of those. I feel like it's coming down the pipe. So um, I'll take Sayudikub to get some opportunistic shit and spoil the party. We'll pick him in top master. Probably won't play him because I didn't research it. And if if I do play him, it's probably because I did research it. If I do play him, I will post it. So there's that. Um, I was going to be a dick with the watch hours again and like not recap my picks and plays. But I don't know. I feel like a dick when I don't now. So I'll still do it. But uh, I appreciate you guys for watching. And those of you who watch live especially. And those of you who stick this out, whether it's the audio or version or video, you don't just skip to the end. You watch. I appreciate that, especially on YouTube. The watch hours is the last thing remaining. I still have like a couple hundred, a few hundred to knock out. So if you guys can help me, Daniel Tom MMA, I appreciate it. Before I recap, I was gonna recap the chat here. Um, let's see. Uh, Brad Tashjug, Vandera sub plus seven hundred. He started grappling one fight too soon. Yeah, that's right. By the way, uh, the Roberson sub. Another reason why I wouldn't want to take that and would take the money line is because I you sh we should be seeing a plus seven hundred line for that, but. If you're going to fucking give a guy like Rafael Dos Anjos five rounds, uh, a proven guy like that, and you're only going to post him at 600, inflate him to 700, but you're only going to open fucking Carl Roberson by plus 500? Like, it's not worth it to me. I mean, plus 500 is a nice number. Don't get me wrong, folks. It's nicer than a lot of sub numbers, but it's like, ugh. it's like if I'm going to take a degenerate number, I, I, want it, I want like a plus 700 around there. And again, you're going to see those with like, heavyweights or light heavyweights with like you know no ground game I know Robert Robertson is kind of a secret grappler maybe the odds makers picked up on that but again what Brad said is that that makes that makes more sense if you're going to take these random shots you know Bandera sub plus 700 started grappling yeah one fight too soon and um what's his name uh Sherman's going to look for a way out that was part of the reason why he took the Romanoff sub right uh, I said look for that because even though Sherman is usually tough as a two dollar steak and takes damage on the face uh, when a guy's on top of you, you will give that neck, baby, or that arm, especially if you, uh, you've you got the 1,000-mile stare, um, like I am predicting he has. So don't hate that. Jared Vandetta is such a great name. What are your thoughts on Jack? Jack Slack is the man. Um, I don't listen to I, – I don't subscribe to his Patreon or anything. I know most of his stuff's behind there. Um, if he has, like, random episodes of things, like, I'll listen to that. I try to keep my filter clean. Um Especially people that are really get in the nitty gritty and analysis, and people like that are already super influential, like Jack Slack. Like, I remember, he, like he used a term like "mummy guard," and like everybody and their mother was using it. 
and I want to be careful of doing that because I actually have to write and put out my own product and content and I don't want to rip someone else off especially someone I respect um, but yeah I'll respect Jack Slack he's the man um, Mark Fellows Australia uh, no offense Dan from an entertainment standpoint this seems like a phoned in card UFC seems like they don't care hey you're not offending me I'm the guy that's like talking shit about their schedule and cards and like just want it to stop I want to old yeller some of this stuff even with my job with it it's at most days of the week sometimes you know so believe me man you're uh, you're preaching to the choir uh so no, no offense taken sir samuel negrete vandera by scarfold the scarfold baby oh that is the heavyweight special you know if i'm if i'm like picking someone to win by a sub in my uh main card article like you'll see a scarfold python you know what i may actually have that in there and it's 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 i'll credit you know uh, Samuel Negrete and Brad Tazchuk for that if uh, Scarfold is. Hey, my guy Clint, diehard MMA podcast. Go sub to his channel. Uh, Clint's the man. Uh, what's up, Clint? I got to get him on. He's had me on his show like a couple times now. I got to get Clint on one of these shows, man. Uh, breakdown, recap, or top five. Clint, Clint's always a freaking good time. He's funny. Uh, all right, let's recap and get the hell out of here. Thank you guys for joining me. Like and subscribe if you haven't. Taking RDA over Fiziev. Taking... Bohio over Petrosian, taking De Silva Dion drugs over Saeed Nurmagomedov, taking Ayavendera, give me sight beyond sight over the Shermanator, taking Malaki over Michael Johnson, my main man, Three Kings, baby, 1999, strong year for film, taking Nina Nunez over Cynthia Calvillo, taking Miguel Torres Light, Ricky Torcios over, hey man, Zahabi taking Antonina Shevchenko over Courtney Castiron Casey taking Trayson Gore over Cody Brundage taking Carl Roberson over Kenny Nunchucks Kennedy Nizchekwu taking David Don't Call Your Mama Onama over James Garfield over Garfield Garrett Armfield can't help myself taking Saeed Rukub, Cock Ramanoff, Cock Ram, Ronnie Lawrence. No offense, Ronnie Lawrence. Sure, you're a nice guy, but brace yourself, son. You boys ready for a Cock Ramanoff sandwich? Uh, to quote uh, Harold and Kumar, too. I don't think I've seen it, but I probably just saw that sign. Wow, Dan, you would see the, the jail rape sign of a movie if you could only see one scene. Listen, folks, listen. Everyone, sometimes you're the hammer, and sometimes you're Edward Norton from American History X, okay? These are the swings of the betting game. That's what you got to deal with. So good luck, uh, which, whatever you guys are on. I'm going to be on RDA if I can get him close to 2-1, to one, uh, at least for a unit and a half. I'm going to be on Douglas De Silva, Dion Drugs, especially if I can get him at 3-1 to one or close to it for probably just a whole unit. Uh, either uh, you know three-quarter unit or a full unit at most. If I do play Carl Roberson, I'll take the plus 120 considering he opened at plus 125. Not risking a lot technically, you know, uh, profit and on the right side of that movement. What I did already play was RDA round three plus 2,800, round four, and round five at plus 3,300, all for 0.117, 0.17U, 0.17 ducats. Feel free to make a gift of the loading bullets with a little 0.17U, 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 or fire, right? 0.17U, point, I would love you forever if someone does that for me. Um, and then I did the round three sub plus 2,500 at one house, uh, 0.17U as well. Round four sub plus 3,300, 0.17U. And round five sub plus 
0.17U. No other rounds, no other props I'm looking at, uh, aside from possibly parlaying the Malarkey under Malarkey Johnson under with their Nomagomedov De Silva under for plus 176 for a unit. Um, look out for something like that. Other than that, I, I don't got anything down the, the uh, coming down the pike. And I will post it on Twitter at Dan Tom MMA at the PYM podcast on all social platforms. Again, thanks for liking and subscribing here. Daniel Tom MMA on YouTube. Mixedmartialanalyst.com is what where you can go to find smartphone friendly players uh, and you know to support this show with the click throughs. Toggle to the right if you don't see it for Amazon. And uh, there's a PayPal link if you just want to donate straight up. Pay that man. Pay him his money. Uh, otherwise, till next time, protect your neck. Thanks for Mr. Alan Yakitori. Always love the show. Lots of analysis. Wishing, wishing you success. Thank you. Let's, let's, let's close out on Alvin's positive words as one of the one of the positive dudes in this space. So, uh, yeah, good luck on your picks and plays, folks. And always protect your neck.